Greetings, friends, and welcome to Trajectory Podcast. Today we're starting our new and very exciting series on James. Man, I love James. He's a no-nonsense, dear old saint. James is thought to have been the brother of Jesus. So James grew up with Jesus, showing him how to whittle sticks and stood in Jesus' shadow as he saved the world. The scripture makes it seem like Jesus' brothers weren't completely on board with Jesus and his ministry while he was alive. But after his death and resurrection, James became one of the leaders of the Jerusalem church. James believed everything that he himself wrote so much that he eventually became a martyr for his faith. At the command of the then Jewish high priest, James was stoned to death for his faith in Jesus. So we'll be spending a large amount of time working through this book, starting with the first four verses. But first, of course, is our moment of positivity. Have you ever struggled with forgiveness? Either forgiving someone or not feeling forgiven? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 through 6, that he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We, all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This means that every time Jesus was whipped, every time he was beaten, the emotional hell that Jesus went through as he carried the burden of your sin and and the nails and the thorns and the cross, this was the cost of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not saying, oh yeah, no big deal, no problem, when someone wrongs you. Instead, it's saying, no, that was terrible. That was wrong and hurtful. But I forgive you, meaning that I will bear the pain of your wrong and not require that you pay me back. I'll just take it like Jesus took it. Forgiveness is one of the most painful things Christians do. But we do it because Jesus did it first and he did it bigger and he did it better. It is also one of the most healing and joyous things that a Christian can do. This week, forgive. And this week, walk in the joy of being forgiven as you confess your sins to God and believe that He is no liar when He says you are forgiven indeed. And that's our moment of positivity. Okay, now for our passage. Today we are looking at James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The scripture says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I saw a meme the other day about beavers. It was one of those, like, top side, bottom side memes. And on the top, it said, flowing water exists. And then on the bottom, it said, beavers be like, this has to stop. (laughs) And, And it's true. If beavers could communicate like people do, they would have societies and fraternities and communities against the travesty of flowing water. Our family knew this old guy. And uh, he had a beaver problem. He lived near a lake that was fed by a creek. And the beavers were dead set on ending that problem. Every night, this one beaver would dam up the creek. And every day, this old guy would undam it. Sort of like a fight over the thermostat between a man and his wife. This thing went on for ages. (laughs) 
I can't imagine how frustrated the beaver was every evening when he waddled out of his burrow to the maddening sound of running water. Like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> Gosh darn it, what, I, what do I gotta do to get any respect around here? My dad used to chuckle and say of our friend, he's the only person he knew who had more perseverance than a beaver. After ages of deconstructing the beaver's dam, the beaver finally gave up and moved somewhere else. We jump into James in a really confusing way. James isn't like, hey, how's the family? How's the kids? You get my package I delivered by Donkey Express. He's like, hey guys, when life is terrible, be happy or joyful because God is creating in you perseverance. That's a weird way to start a letter, but hey, that's James for you. He's like, hey, let's get to the point. I know that you will suffer for Jesus. In fact, you are suffering right now. And instead of wasting my time saying things that don't matter, let's deal with stuff. So, okay, let's deal with it. James says, consider it pure joy or all joy when you fall into hard things. Well, uh, James, that doesn't make sense. Joy is not the response that I have when my dog dies or I'm teased at school for the way my body looks or my wife and I have been arguing for the last week or I've been abused in some way. Joy is not that response, James. Get a grip. He says, as you experience suffering, especially suffering encountered because you are God's person, think of it as nothing but joy. And that's one of the most unnatural commands I have ever heard. Can you imagine the Christians in China remembering this while bamboo shoots and slivers are shoved under their fingernails because they love Jesus? Like, hey, this is great. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, right? This leads me to two points I want to make. First off, perseverance has to be worth way more than we think it is worth. And secondly, joy is definitely not what we think it is. Imagine being told, hey, listen, this is going to be the worst week of your life. You'll be hated, abused, lied to, and the things you love will be taken away. Family, friends, wife, whatever. But don't worry. At the end, <laughs> yeah, get this, you will, you will get a cream-filled donut. Yeah, thanks, right? Hey, uh, you go ahead and keep that donut. I don't want that donut. Okay, in many ways, that's how I see this verse. Like, oof, yeah, thanks, God, but um, no, you keep endurance. You keep perseverance. You keep patience. I'd rather have just a good life. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. We know that we are very valuable to God, so valuable that he gave his son to die for us. There's no way that he'd tell us to rejoice over something as painful as trials of many kinds unless he really thought it was important. Christians are and always have been a noble and courageous group of people. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says that cowards are cast away from God's presence. God wants us to learn endurance because he wants us to be, as the end of the passage says, mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love the sweet words of Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack no good thing. He makes me lie down by green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. If you've been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you know that's true. God does take care of my soul. 
He watches out for my emotions. He's kind to me beyond my wildest imaginations. But God does not spoil us. We are not ruined children. Whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. My friends, I cannot communicate the importance of suffering to you enough. God does not just want happy kids. He wants mighty saints. God wants you to be like James, a sweet old saint that will die for the truth and because you love God so much. This leads us to our bad understanding of joy, and and I'll end with this. The best example of Christians counting their sufferings as joy was Paul and Silas singing in prison after they got beat up for their faith. The fact is, is that there are often a lot of tears associated with our faith. Sometimes we do sing, and that's great and a wonderful way to express our faith in God. It's also just a, um, it's just an act of obedience when we grit our teeth and say, no, I'm rejoicing. But if you find yourself in tears because life is just hard, but also find in that moment the deep and real reminder that God is good through all of this, you are experiencing joy. Joy is not always an Energizer Bunny Junior High volunteer leader style exuberance experience. Joy is like hope. It's that song in our hearts that reminds us that God is continually good. Sometimes that bubbles to the surface like it did with Paul and Silas. Sometimes it's cloaked with fear. Always it strengthens our hearts to keep our eyes on God, who loves that we are happy children and sees to it that we are mighty saints. Hey, thanks for joining me today for our Trajectory Podcast. I look forward to hanging out with you guys next time. Until then, may God richly bless you.